Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us for worship here today, both in person and online. My name is Ben. I'm one of your pastors here. Uh, it's an absolute delight as we begin with some baptisms here this morning and even read a passage of scripture about a baptism uh, that we'll get a chance to dive into in just a moment here. So uh, don't know about anyone else. Every year uh, for New Year's, I feel like I'm actually celebrating going to bed before midnight. Uh, Normally people try to stay up past midnight. Every year I try to go to sleep one hour sooner than I did the year before. So maybe one of these uh, years I'll make 6 p.m. Let's wish. So uh, glad to be here with you this morning. It's an absolute joy. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas season and had some time that you're able to be with your loved ones uh, and celebrate the birth of Christ into the world. It truly is the most special time of the year. Uh, And I don't know about anyone else. But around this time of the year, we've celebrated Christmas, Uh, family and friends have come over, and now that we're kind of heading into this new year, I often ask myself the question, now what? What does this mean now moving forward into such a new year? And I think the reason we feel this way is because we move from something so specific, like this uh, very special, significant event, like the birth of Christ into the world on a very specific day on December 25th, to something a lot broader, uh, much broader, like a new calendar year. And so we begin to lose focus as to what this actually means for our lives. Uh, But what I hope that we'll see here together this morning and what I hope that uh, I can kind of help us with is to remind us that Jesus is not just for Christmas, but Jesus is for every day of our lives. That Jesus, yes, is the reason for the season, but also he is the reason for our very existence. That Jesus does not exist for us today, but we all exist for him. Therefore, when we look into the new year, we celebrate because we don't just see a new year, but we see the new movement that Jesus Christ came to bring. I think it's significant uh, and very interesting when you look back at church history, when the early church formed, this movement of Jesus followers was not referred to as Christianity, but it was actually referred to something they called the way. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul, as he's persecuting the church, he was trying to put an end to those who he said belong to the way. And this makes sense because we just got a chance to hear from that uh, wonderful passage in John chapter 14, verse 6, when Jesus reminded us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, this Jesus who is born of a virgin placed in a manger, took on flesh, is not just a way to God, but we celebrate that he is the way to God. And so as we begin our new year here today, what we're going to be looking at in the month of January is the reality that we are all on a faith journey. We're just at different points along the way. So we're going to begin a series today that we're calling The Way, that we're going to be looking at the book of Acts in Scripture, as well as something that we created here at Hope called our Soul Business Map. And what we're going to really be doing is asking two questions that I want to invite you to consider with me today. The two questions are, first, where are you on your faith journey? And second, what are your next steps? Where are you currently at? What does your faith look like lived out? And what does that mean for you moving forward? 
We're going to look at our soul business map, and what we're going to see is we are each in one of four different spots in our journey. We are either seeking, believing, following, or leading. Can you say that with me? Seeking, believing, following, or leading. In the series in January, we're going to be looking at each of these in depth. Today, specifically, we're going to talk about what it looks like to live a life seeking. To live a life seeking. And what we're going to see is to live a life of seeking is to live a life marked by asking questions, having an unwavering sense of curiosity, maybe even wrestling with some doubts. Uh, Oftentimes when we think of seeking, we may think of the early stages of our faith journey when we're first maybe beginning to follow Jesus. It's a time of a lot of questions. We're trying to figure things out. And yet what we're going to see is that this idea of seeking is not just for the beginning of our faith journey, but is actually interwoven into many, many different aspects of our life as we follow Jesus together. And so what we're going to do to look at this biblically is look at this passage from Acts that we just heard from chapter 8, verse 26 through 40. Uh, and to give a little context for this so we can uh, understand the big picture, uh, I, I want to look at the beginning of Acts chapter 8. Uh, at the beginning of this chapter, we see the stoning of a gentleman named Stephen. Stephen was one of the gentlemen in the early church who was uh, instrumental. He was the first Christian martyr. Uh, which means that he was the first person who died, not only for what they claimed to believe, but he died for what he claimed to have seen, which is the risen Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. This was significant. And yet you would think at su after such a dramatic thing that happened so early on that the church would have scattered in fear, just as once Jesus went to the cross, all of his disciples scattered. And what we do begin to see is, yes, that the people scattered, but not in fear. Acts chapter 8, verse 4 says it this way. It says, they scattered and they preached the word everywhere they went. Think about that. That in the middle of this turmoil, trial, tribulation, the church is being tested. And yet, it did not fall back. But the word of God, the very Bible that we hold to as a church was being preached. People were being filled with the Holy Spirit and coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And the church was both growing in numbers as well as in faith. And that's where we arrive at our text here today in verse 26. If you would like to follow along with me, we'll look at this together. Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So now all of a sudden we see the introduction of a, a new gentleman by the name of Philip. And what's important to know about Philip is that Philip alongside of Stephen were two gentlemen at the very beginning of the church, uh, of the early church, who were called to uh, care for the widows of that day. The apostles knew that their ministry was to the word of God, preaching the word of God, and to prayer. And they had a group of widows in that day who were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And so they gathered seven men together to go and care for these widows. And Stephen and Philip were two of these seven men. And all of a sudden, at this point of the text, our, our attention begins to shift from Stephen, who actually died proclaiming the gospel to the people around him, to this new gentleman named Philip. And so what we begin to see is that the Spirit of God is leading Philip down this road. 
And uh, verse 27 says he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. There's a couple things uh, I think that are important to note in this uh, passage of scripture in this point in the text. The very first one is that we see Isaiah, or we see, excuse me, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch who is on his way to worship. And he's not just sitting in his chariot, but it says he's got the word of God open in his lap to the book of Isaiah. It becomes incredibly clear for us today that he is seeking. He's got questions, maybe wrestling with some doubts, and he's looking through the proper ways of navigating this, opening the word of God on his way to worship. The second thing we begin to note is Philip who's introduced to the story, who's likely on his way to care for some of the widows of that day when all of a sudden the Spirit leads him to this road that leads to the Ethiopian eunuch. And once again, in the midst of this very hostile culture, this very hostile crowd towards Christians, it would have been very, very easy for Philip just to say, nope, that's not what I'm called to do. I'm, I'm going to go and keep caring for these widows and, and just do what I feel like I've been called to do. But what he knew is that God had set up a divine appointment for him. And that this divine appointment would change this Ethiopian eunuch's life forever. And so it says Philip ran to the chariot in obedience to the Spirit of God. And he heard the man reading from Isaiah the prophet. And he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone explains it to me? And so he invited Philip to come and to sit with him. Again, I think there's a couple things we can see here. What I don't think the scripture is saying is that we should never open up our Bible ourselves because we always need someone to explain it to us. I think one of the beautiful things about being a Protestant Christian is we believe that regardless of wherever you may be on your faith journey, that the word of God should be made available to you. That this should be a gift that all of us is, is our prayers, the church, that all of us should be in the word of God at least a little bit every single day. But what I do think that we can take from this is that there are times where I think there is great benefit to hear the word of God bring, brought with a little bit more clarity, maybe where clarity is needed. Uh, I want to make it a little bit more personal. Uh, my wife Jade and I read our Bible every night before we go to bed. And uh, even as one of your pastors, there's often times where we'll read a, a passage of scripture and I'll find myself a little bit confused maybe with some questions, trying to figure uh, something out with a particular text that we read, and maybe even wrestling with some doubts as that uh, text has brought. And in those times, what I found for me personally is that there's been great benefit in maybe hearing from somebody else who's maybe had a chance to sit with that text a little bit more than I have, who can help explain that to me so that I can have a little bit more clarity and that it can make a little bit more sense. I didn't need them for everything, but it is happy, it is helpful to have other people to walk alongside of us along the way. You see, that's why I've always appreciated preaching in the church so that we can hear the perspective from someone who sat with the text for a while, and yet have never neglected the beauty of just sitting down with an open Bible, just looking at the Word of God with the heart of a seeker. 
That's our prayer that that could be the story of us as a church. I think the second thing that we can note here is that Philip is available. Notice, Philip goes straight in obedience to the word of God, the spirit of God, to this chariot. I want to ask you here this morning, how often do you, uh, maybe those around you, go about your life where maybe people will come around you, maybe people will have questions for you, maybe even have some doubts that they're trying to process with you, and and they come to you asking for help, and you just kind of continue on your way with a narrow vision moving forward. I do this too. How often do you just kind of go about your own business, your own way of life, having your own busy schedule, without pausing just to be a vessel, to be used by God at any moment, in any day, no matter what that might mean for you. Again, Philip, if anybody, had every excuse to not go and preach the word. It was a hostile culture towards Christians. He could have easily ended up like Stephen. He didn't have the proper training. His goal, his mission was to care for the widows, and yet all we see is his obedience to the Spirit of God. And I think we can really see that obedience as, as it portrays his availability in the next couple verses if you read this with me. It says, this is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading, that he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. We know that 700 years before Jesus Christ was even born, these words were written about him in the book of Isaiah chapter 53. And yet, as 21st century Christians, we hear this and we know that this is about Jesus. But when we think of the early church context, these people likely had no idea who Jesus was. This eunuch had never heard the name of Jesus before. He never heard of the Jewish carpenter who had come to die for his sin. And so, the eunuch asked Philip in verse 34, Tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? He sees there's something significant, there's something special about whoever this prophet is talking about. And so he throws this easy pitch to Philip. Tell me about this person. (coughs) Excuse me. And then we see... In an act of faith and obedience, Philip tells him the message of Jesus. I want to ask you here today, if someone just came to you and asked you to share your faith, if someone came to you today and asked you, who is Jesus? Would you have a prepared response? Not even just a prepared response, but one that was compelling, that made them want to know more. Would you know these things? Think about it with me this way. If we think about it in this, in this manner, at, each, at many points in our life, we will all be this eunuch. We will have questions. We will have doubts. We will come to other people and ask for help. But at the other flip of the coin, at many points in our life, at a different point, we might be Philip, where someone else comes to us. Someone else has questions. Someone else has doubts. Someone else has an unwavering curiosity. And when that moment inevitably comes, the question is, will you be ready? Will you be ready 
and will you be available? See, Philip goes on and he tells them the message of Jesus, that Jesus is fully God, he's fully man, he was born of a virgin, and he grew up and he lived a perfect life without sin. Think about that. A life without sin, he never had an evil thought. And he went and he died on a cross so that when we repent of our sin and when we place our trust in Jesus Christ, we will be filled with his Holy Spirit and we will be forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future. And we will be given a brand new heart that no longer desires the things of this world, but desires the things of God. This is the message of Jesus. You see, Philip didn't try to appeal to his fleshly desires. He just shared the truth in love with him. I think oftentimes when, when we look at many churches in our day, there's a, a mainstream line of churches called seeker-sensitive churches. And one of the goals of these churches is to do whatever possible just to get people in the door, which is okay, but oftentimes it's at the expense of Jesus. So they'll play the most popular secular music, maybe give a very positive, uplifting, motivational speech, maybe do your taxes, I don't know, whatever they want to do, uh, just to get you in the door. But what they do is they forget about the real mission of the church because Jesus is at the center of the church. The church's goal is not to be secular, it's to be sacred. You see, the church's mission in this world is not to be relevant, but to be reverent. The message that the church is meant to bring in this world is not one of recreation, but is one of salvation. That's why God sent Philip to go down this road to meet with this eunuch at the perfect time and profess this truth about Jesus Christ that he would have eternal life in him. It completely changed everything about his eternity from this moment forward. You see, we're all on a faith journey. We're just at different points along the way. So let me ask you here this morning, where are you on your faith journey? And what are your next steps? Where are you at with your walk with Jesus? What does that look like in your life? And what does that mean for you moving forward into this new year? Are you a seeker? Do you find yourself with questions, with an unwavering sense of curiosity, maybe even wrestling with doubts? If that's you here today, I want you to know, man, you are in the right place. This eunuch, he wrestled with these and he was on his way to worship. He had an open Bible. May that be the way that we seek our God this year. There are a couple ways that we want to walk alongside of you in your journey of seeking the Lord this year. Uh, if you get a chance, we have a few of these soul business maps in our hallway today. Uh, we also have them at fargohope.org slash adults. fargohope.org slash adults. And there's a few ways that we want to help you uh, that I would like to highlight today. The first is just to connect, come to worship like you are today. Uh, if you have friends, maybe people you know in your life who maybe are uh, feeling far from God, who you feel like you could invite to worship, man, invite them to worship. We would love uh, to connect with them here. This is a wonderful way to reach out. A couple other ways. 
that you can uh, grow as a seeker is uh, we would invite you to uh, schedule an interview or just a time to sit down with a pastor uh, here at the church. We would love to just sit down for a cup of coffee for an hour or however long and just uh, wrestle with questions, with doubts with you and just kind of walk alongside of you in that. If you're not baptized here today, uh, come and be baptized. We'll baptize you here, uh, right here, right now, after the service. Uh, if you've already been baptized but would like to renew your faith today, uh, we'll do a reaffirmation of baptism for you. This would be an absolute joy as we are joined to the death and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, two final ones I would like to give for us today uh, are two courses that we have in the new year. Uh, the first is called Alpha. Uh, this is a course for anyone, regardless of where you're at in your faith journey, uh, that's beginning here in the new year uh, that we just got a chance to hear that video about. We're, we're looking at those big questions of faith, and we want to look at those with you. So we invite you to come to Alpha. And the second course is called Deeply Rooted, where on Sunday nights we're just meeting and opening up the Bible and just reading it, is, uh, it, it for exactly what it is and just seeing what it means for our daily life. Our prayer is that we can be seekers together. And my hope and my prayer for each and every one of us today is that as we celebrate and head into this brand new year, that we would each remember those beautiful words that God spoke from Jeremiah 29, 13, when he said, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So let this be a year where we do just that, where we seek God and we do so with all our heart. And the promise is when we do that, we will find him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for the virgin birth. That, Lord, in Jesus Christ, any questions we have are answered. Any doubts that we have are satisfied. Any curiosity that we have is met in a person. So, Father, meet us this year as we seek you with all of our hearts, and I pray that you would reveal yourself to us in a very, very powerful way. We love you, Father. We praise you today and pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Um,